You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Hello, this is Bob Hunt of Zion's Hope Ministries, located in Winter Garden, Florida. During the next several sessions, I would like to explore Daniel 9, 24 through 27. We will look at whether this passage should be taken literally, symbolically, or theologically. Also, from our standpoint in the 21st century, did the events in this section already occur in history, or are some of or many of these prophecies still to be fulfilled in our future. Thus, the title, Past, Present, or Future. First, I'd like to discuss the importance of Daniel 9, 24 to 27. This passage, when it comes to eschatology, is one of the most important and critical passages in the Bible. How a person views these verses will frame many if not most, of a person's theological framework of end times. This text is also one of the most hotly debated sections concerning a person's last day's perspective. Many commentators have completely opposite views when it comes to the timing of the events in Daniel 9, 24-27. Specifically, many believe Daniel is describing events that are now in our past, and have little to do with our future. While others insist that Daniel 9.24-26 is in our history books, while 9.27 is still future. For futurists, those who believe that it's future, or premillennialists, Daniel 9.27 is the foundation for what we call Daniel's 70th week. If this verse is describing events that have already occurred in history, meaning the past, then the very foundation, the basis upon which many end times teaching for futurists would fall apart. Things like there would be no future agreement to look forward to. There is no need for a future temple. There is no Antichrist coming up at a midpoint. Maybe no personal Antichrist at all. There is not necessarily a time of great tribulation or suffering. There is no seven-year period of time before the return of Christ. There is no rapture sometime before Christ's return. And Israel may not have a place in God's plan anymore. These are all things that could happen or be a problem if 927 is considered a past times event. Well, okay, let's take a look at verse 924. And as I've said, we're going to look at these passages in a series of sessions. And we'll start with this one. We'll look specifically at the literal or symbolic meaning of this passage and then also the timing of this passage. So looking at verse 24, we read it. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Seventy weeks, or seventy-sevens in some Bibles, and perhaps more accurately, 
Most commentators and theologians rightly believe and agree that these 70 weeks are best interpreted as 490 years. Debate rages around whether these years will be viewed as literal years or meant to be more symbolic in nature with a more theological meaning. Let's take a look at the argument for symbolism. The argument for symbolism has at least a couple of points of support. The first hinges on the number 70. The position that's put forth is as follows. Since the 70-year exile was not exactly 70 years, then the number 70 used by Daniel would not necessarily be 70 either. Thus, the number 70 represents a symbolic period of completeness for the judgment of the nation and not intended to represent 70 literal years. The second point centers around the year of Jubilee, as detailed in the book of Leviticus. Every seventh year, the land was to have a rest and not to be worked, thus completing a Sabbath year rest cycle. Then after 49 years, consistent of seven Sabbath year rest cycles, there would be a time of Jubilee. This was a time of freedom from debt and closely associated with this was also the forgiveness of sins. And we can go to Leviticus 25 to see that outlined. In addition to that, the number 10 is viewed as a number of wholeness in many Jewish writings, thus, thus used to describe a complete set. Therefore, 10 Jubilees would be 490 years. That would be 10, the number 10 times 49, one jubilee cycle, 490 years. And thus the entirety of the complete freedom and perhaps labeled an ultimate freedom from sin and its consequences. And Jesus may have had this passage in mind when he taught regarding forgiveness in Matthew 18, verses 21 to 22. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Jesus obviously was not defining a literal 490 times to forgive, but using a phrase of completeness to emphasize complete forgiveness similar to the thought behind the Jubilee and the ultimate Jubilee as we look at the 490 years. These symbolists would ask, so why would we expect a literal 490 years in Daniel 9.24? I'd like to take a look at how a literalist would respond to that. And a literalist would take a look at these passages from a literal, natural, common language approach. He'd read 70-year exile and the 490-year prophecy as containing literal years, as understood by someone reading this text in a natural manner and a common language. According to Daniel 9.2, he was reading the captivity prophecy, and he wrote this, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. He was apparently very concerned about the number of years 
Was he counting literal years? A natural understanding and reading of this would be yes, of course he was. Jeremiah 25, 11 through 12 reads, And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Then it will come to pass when 70 years are completed that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans for their iniquity, says the Lord. Again, a natural reading of this text leads you to a literal understanding of 70 years. Apparently, Daniel would be expecting a literal fulfillment of years. Also repeated in Jeremiah 29.10, For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. It would seem rather misleading at this point if 70 years didn't mean 70 literal years. Even if we did have a difficult time calculating the number, which we don't, and I'll speak about in a moment. Lastly, 2 Chronicles 36.21 states that the exile punishment was to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. As long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. So it is clear to see, based on this verse, that the nations had missed 70 Sabbath years. The Lord was keeping track. 70 means 70. The seven-year exile claimed to be, by some to be incalculable reached from 605 B.C. to 536 B.C., 70 years. It's generally accepted that Daniel was part of the first wave of captives in 605 B.C. Persian King Cyrus issued his proclamation to release the captives in 538 B.C. However, the exodus, exodus from Babylon would likely be closer to 536 B.C., thus fulfilling 70 years of captivity can be reasonably derived. Finally, in our Daniel text of verse 24, we read, 70 weeks are determined. Now, the word determined in Hebrew is karat, which means decreed, settled, marked or cut out. This word indicates a very specific segment of time. A literal view should be seen here. To conclude this point, since the 70-year exile is literal, we would expect a literal 490-year fulfillment to follow. The literalness of this 490 years will be crucial to our understanding of the entire section. Now, going back to the symbolism and theology behind the Jubilee connection, it does appear that these numbers have theological meaning and do point to an ultimate jubilee for the Jewish people. This, however, does not cause us to deviate from a literal approach to either the 70-year exile prophecy or the 70-week prophecy seen here in Daniel. Just because 490 years has symbolic meaning does not mean it loses its literal meaning of 490 years. Now let's turn to the final point in this verse. 
the purpose, the purpose of these verses. Let me read the verse. The last part of the verse reads, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. These 70 weeks or 490 years were determined to accomplish these six goals, these six purposes. There are basically two different views concerning this text, and they yield radically different conclusions. The first I'll call the historicist position, which states that these six goals were fundamentally accomplished in our past, but still Daniel's future. The second view is the futurist view that claims that these six purposes are yet to be fulfilled yet will be in a distinct period of time in the future. The question becomes now, are they past or are they future? Let's take a look at the historicist position first. The first three purposes were accomplished on the cross. Sin was dealt with and the reconciliation was made by Jesus the Messiah. Everlasting righteousness now is guaranteed and the kingdom of God is upon us. There is now no need for vision or prophecy. The king has come. The anointing of our savior took place in the Jordan River at Jesus' baptism. The spiritual aspect has been accomplished and the return of Jesus is all that is necessary. Notice that this position has all of these items taking place in the past in a spiritual way. The significance of this position is that there is no need for a future time period to accomplish what goes on at the end of verse 24. In this view, the cross brings both Jews and Gentiles together, thus eliminating the need for God to deal with the nation of Israel. However, there are many passages that show the existence of nations and Israel's role in latter-day events. Isaiah 66, 18 through 21 would be an example. I encourage you to look it up. But a notice in our verse 924, where it says, your people, your city. Previously, Daniel's prayer concluded in verse 919 with this. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. And the answer he receives is concerning his people and his city. Obviously, the Jewish people and Jerusalem. Any broadening of this passage to include all peoples of the world is to read more into this text than is intended. Oh, the world will be affected, but the Jewish people are the focus. Let's look at the futurist position on these verses in these six goals. Futurist position acknowledges the effect of Jesus' death on the cross as it relates to these six accomplishments in a spiritual sense, but sees the final realization of these purposes at a time in our future. There is a time to come when sin, iniquity, and transgression will be past 
No longer will it be a part of our lives. Everlasting righteousness will be something we experience with the Lord Jesus anointed as Savior, Jerusalem King. The time for vision and prophecy will be over as we will see him as he is. I'd like to conclude this session with these comments and this summary. First, there is no need to depart from a natural reading of the text. The best interpretation is 490 literal years. Daniel certainly would have read in read it that way, and we should too. Secondly, the Jewish people are the focus of this prophecy. We shouldn't forget that. The Jewish people do have a plan and a role in God's will. Thirdly, any fulfillment of verse chapters 9, verses 24 to 27, should fully realize the six purposes of 924, not just in a spiritual sense, but fully realize them in a real experiential way. Any reader of scripture understands the reality of a forthcoming sin-free world and Jesus' everlasting reign. That's all for now. Remember to look for future podcasts on Daniel 9, 24 to 27 called past, present, or future, as I will dig in more into these aspects, the spiritual or the literal, the uh, timing of all of these events and how they compare together. Meanwhile, I would encourage you to look up. The Lord is coming. Look around. People need the Lord. Share the word with everyone. Thank you for visiting, and I will talk to you next time on a future broadcast. Again, thank you. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 